This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to another edition of the Primal Podcast. And isn't this a great time of year to be doing a podcast like this? I mean, the November edition. November. What does that mean? It means it's time to be in the woods for most of us, for many of us, chasing whitetails. When I think of whitetails and I think of big bucks and I think of monster bucks, there are a few companies that come to mind. There are a few names that come to mind, a few faces that come to mind. And you're talking about whitetails and big whitetails. The Jordan family has to be right at the top of that list. The Jordan family behind Realtree. Bill Jordan, who started the company, these days his son Tyler is a guy who we see at the front of things these days. He's, in a lot of ways, he's become the face of Realtree. And for our purposes today, he's going to be the voice of Realtree as he joins us on this edition of the Primal Podcast. Tyler, welcome back. How have you been? I'm good, Mike. I appreciate you having me. <clears throat> Everything is good here. Just, um, you know, been in Georgia getting ready for deer season and so, you know, the rut approaching very quickly is we're at the end of October. But, um, you know, we've been in the woods a lot the last couple of weeks. Tyler, here in the North Country, we think of the rut pretty much kicking off uh, uh, Halloween-ish. But it's my understanding that as we work our way south, the rut is later and later. When do you consider your rut? You know, I really think, you know, that really that second, third week of November is really our peak rut, you know, anywhere from about, you know, November 7th, you know, through the 15th, 16th, somewhere around there. 
um, you know, seems to be really good. You know, we are supposed to get uh, a little bit of a cold snap starting the first of next week, which I think will kind of kick that into gear. But, you know, I was just telling some people at lunch today that, you know, looking at trail cameras from the last two or three days, you know, already starting to see some of the, those younger bucks really starting to push these does around a little bit. So, um, you know, my favorite time to really kind of hunt the rut is really that first and second week. Um, you know, it just seems like you can you can catch a, a good buck cruising. And how how do things change for you when you're in a tree stand in the rut versus the early season? What do you do differently? You know, I guess I guess during the rut for me is I, I like to switch it up a lot more. You know, where we've been hunting a lot of these kind of same setups. Uh, you know, the, this last these last couple of weeks, we've had some guests in here hunting some guys that you've probably have seen, you know, the Midwest Whitetail guys and then Joel Burham from Whitetail Fit. Um, you know, they switch things up a little bit, but, you know, right now these deer are really feeding on acorns. And so they're really concentrated really more in the hardwoods. And so that has, that has made things a little bit more difficult. I feel like we have more acorns on the ground right now than we have in years past, um, which has created a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, during the rut, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't really like to sit the same place twice. Um, you know, really no more than twice. I really like to change it up, you know, just just because a buck has been, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, for the last couple of months, typically doesn't mean they do that during the rut. Um, you know, it, it, it becomes what I think is a little bit harder, but, you know, it's a little bit more of a guessing game, really try to figure out where these deer um, are going and coming from. Do you do you rattle? Do you call? Do you use sense, or is it strictly a, a, a an ambush type hunt? You know, in Georgia, we 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 will use a grunt call, um, doe bleats as well. I mean that that works pretty good. But you know, rattling for whatever reason here, I mean it it, it does work under the right circumstances. But you know, anywhere else in the country, like where we hunt in the Midwest, I feel like it it works. Um, it works better, but, you know, rattling here, I may not have, I just haven't had the success rattling here, at least the mature bucks. Now, grunt calls is a whole different story, um, you know, really starting now um, and, you know, until really the end of November, I won't go in the woods without a grunt call. Um, it can be really effective. And how do you use it? Do you wait till you see a deer to call? You know, down here where we're at, it's, you know, really thick hardwoods. Um, so it's really, you know, hard to see, uh, you know, a long ways off unless you're in a food plot. So I will, I mean, if there's a mature buck in the field that, you know, that we're, we want to get a better look at or trying to call over, then, you know, I, I will use it if we see one, but, you know, more often than not, you know, we're going to call maybe every 20, 30 minutes, um, especially, you know, during when the rut really ramps up. And so, you know, every 20, 30 minutes we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll grunt a few times. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is, it, is this a, a series of grunts or just a couple of times and, and hold up on it? And then once you get a deer's attention, an animal's attention, once he's acknowledged you, will you call him again or you just do you just wait and see what happens? You know, I, I kind of just like to wait and see what happens. And I, and I would say it's probably, you know, three to five grunts, like as, you know, in a sequence. Um, don't really overdo it. Obviously, just try to fill out the moment and just see what's best um you know but if i if i see a buck and get his attention unless he just is stopped you know waiting to see something you know try not to give up your location as much and you know where they come in there a little bit more curious 
um, you know, coming in there looking for you. What I'm hearing you say as, as an experienced hunter is, listen, less is actually more. Yeah, I would I would say so. And, like, I mean, I've been super guilty of that, too. Like, you know, calling in, in certain states, too, I, I, I believe it's different than, um, you know, like where we go in other parts of the country. I mean, I always, I've always felt like here in Georgia, um, you know, it's been one of the trickiest things for me to figure out, like where you can really, you know, get down with some rattling horns and, um, you know, have success calling big mature whitetail in. It may just be me. I may just be super unlucky in the moment, but, you know, I just don't have success, you know, really, you know, really doing a rattling sequence for, you know, 20, 30 seconds um, and having a lot of luck. I mean, I've called up some, you know, some uh, maybe younger, younger bucks, but as far as those mature bucks, I just have always found that, um, you know, maybe a little bit less, um, you know, actually, you know, has more success most of the time here. This is the Primal Podcast, a presentation of the folks from Primal Outdoors, if you want to learn more about Primal. And and coming up later in this podcast, I've got some just uh, newly announced deals on some blinds. Details coming up. But if you want to learn more about Primal, check out the website, primaloutdoors.com, primaloutdoors.com. We're talking with Tyler Jordan. You can find him online several places. Of course, you can go to the website, realtree.com. That's realtree.com. Or if you want to find Tyler specifically, you can find him on Instagram and uh, Twitter, which we now call X, as uh, Tyler Jordan. Tyler, you know, you've been blessed to be able to hunt all across the country. How do those northern hunts compare to chasing your beloved Georgia whitetails? Is it a completely different experience, or is a whitetail the same in Alberta, in Minnesota, as he is in Georgia? You know, I've never hunted Alberta or Minnesota, but, you know, just for like Nebraska or Kansas, for an example, um, you know, I, I just think it's it, it's a completely different approach. You know, kind of how I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, the Georgia deal for me is like, I, I, you know, I've tried to explain to these guys that like, the guys that are here right now are from the Midwest. And, uh, you know, it, it, I feel like our deer are a little bit moodier here, you know, like the weather change, I feel like really um, affects them more. Um, you know, you may have a a 20-degree drop here in Georgia, and you would think, man, it's going to be a really good day to hunt. And then you go out there and hunt that day, and the deer don't move near as good as what you'd hope. And, you know, I kind of relate that to, man, these deer here are just so much more used to warmer weather than they are in Alberta, Nebraska, Kansas, that, you know, whenever they do have that 20-degree, 30-degree drop, um, you know, even if it is maybe even during the rut, like it kind of sends all these deer into a little bit of a shock. I mean, it's just a little bit of a shock to their system. So it takes a day or two for those deer to get adjusted. Um, you know, and you can't typically see as far. I mean, we're, you know, in really thick hardwoods and timber here. And, um, you know, while that's a lot more fun, you know, a lot of fun to hunt, you know, some of these other places like in the Midwest and up north, I mean, it's a lot more wide open. You know, you can cover, you can see a lot further. So you may be able to see that buck that's 200, 300 yards, be able to make a move on him for, you know, either that afternoon or the next day and, um, you know, kind of do a hanging hunt. But I feel like in Georgia, you know, it's a little bit more of a guessing game. You know, it's, it, you know, you're, you're, you're going in there a little bit blind most of the times, obviously trail cameras, you know, can help that out a little bit, but, you know, during this time of year, try not to rely on the trail cameras, um, you know, as much, you know, just because I feel like you almost got to, you just got to kind of fill out your situation and, and go with what your gut says. 
You mentioned trail cameras, though. In general, isn't it amazing how they've changed the way we hunt? Yeah, I I think so. And, it, you know, I think some of it's good and some of it's bad. I think, you know, for us, like, it's really nice. You know, we when I, when I was younger, I'm sure there, there were some deer that got shot that were, you know, maybe four-and-a-half-year-old deer that we wish maybe if we would have had a camera, um, you know, you would have maybe known that deer was in the area and, you know, maybe passed them. But I think on the flip side of that, I mean, way too reliant on cameras, I think, as a, you know, probably industry and, and society. But, you know, it, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the old days. I kind of miss that of like, because I wake up four or five o'clock in the morning looking at what my cameras <laughs> say or what they didn't say. And, you know, and there's, there's a lot of times like this week with these guys that are here, you know, they didn't hunt a couple of spots. Um, you know, not thinking these deer were there, um, you know, but these, these deer could be anywhere, bedded close by, you know, bumping a doe. It just doesn't mean that if they're not on camera, they're not there. Um, so I, I've always, you know, the rule of thumb is just to get out there and hunt, um, you know, really no matter what the camera says, because I think you're going to be surprised. But, um, you know, I think it's made us a little bit more lazy, but, um, you know, I guess there's good and bad that comes with it. You, you've mentioned the term a couple of times, mature deer. Now, I hear that from a lot of hunters, but I feel like I feel like not every hunter has the same definition of what mature is. What is it in your mind, Tyler? Uh, I mean, we really try to go for here on our place. I mean, anything five and a half and above is, you know, what we try to aim for as a mature buck. Um, you know, we may have a couple, though, of like, some eight pointers that are four and a half that, um, you know, we may need to, you know, try to take off just to try to manage the herd a little bit more. But, you know, what we try to aim for in most places we go, you know, maybe the exception of like an Iowa, Iowa or Kansas, where you try to get a deer to maybe a six and a half, but, you know, we try to manage for five and a half. As a Michigan hunter, who, you know, we're, we're overrun with year and a half old bucks. We see a few two and a half boy at three and a half in a lot of places in Michigan, Tyler, is a real, uh, he's a real treat. When you started getting into the four and a half, five and a half, is, is, it, is it really obvious? I mean, what are you looking for when you see that deer? Do you know right away, okay, that's a shooter? Yeah, I mean, you know, luckily we have, a, and that's, that's the thing that trail cameras kind of help with, is, you know, really kind of uh, being able to, you know, tell body size and everything. But, you know, that's swayed back. Um, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a dip in their back. Their head is a little bit more blocky, you know, where, uh, you know, maybe their nose is not as long. Their brisket kind of sticks out, uh, you know, shorter, shorter body, just don't look, you know, as long. So, you know, th- those are some of the characteristics, um, you know, we, we look for. And then, you know, just they a lot of more mature bucks have like that indention in their forehead as well that, um, you know, kind of shows their age a little bit. But, you know, that's just – Kind of that's one of the beauties of what trail cameras has provided is that you can really kind of study a deer, um, you know, and try to do your best gauge, best guess of what an age, uh, what age class they're in. And in your career, over your hunting career, I feel like you've probably had the opportunity to see and hunt more true trophy bucks than probably most of the rest of us ever will. I mean, I've, I've, I've been blessed to go to a lot of cool places and, you know, obviously, you know, just, I think growing up with somebody like dad, who's been in the industry a long time and going to places like him to Kansas and, you know, even learning the deer down here in Georgia. I mean, it's so crazy how 
deer in Nebraska and Kansas, uh, their bodies, even a three and a half year old buck, I mean, a three and a half year old up there, they have a bigger body than, you know, what these deer have down here. Um, just a lot thicker because I'm, you know, the weather with the weather, how cold it can get up there that, you know, they kind of have to be, but, uh, you know, just kind of learning to age deer, um, you know, in, in different States. Cause you know, they're, while they're the same, they're not in a way. This is the Primal Podcast. Again, if you want to learn more about Primal Outdoors, check out the website, primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. We're talking with Tyler Jordan. You know Tyler of Realtree. You can learn, uh, you can find him online at the uh, website, realtree.com, or you can follow Tyler specifically on uh, Instagram and Twitter, now called X, at uh, Tyler Jordan. We've got to take a quick break here. When we come back, I just got word from the Primal folks they are having a huge discount, a fall blowout on some blinds. I'll give you the details on those coming up after the break right here on the Primal Podcast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you heard of Primal Outdoors? You might know them as Primal Tree Stands, but the company is much more. Yes, Primal has hang-ons, climbers, tripods, and ladder stands featuring their famous jaw and truss locking system, but they also have ground blinds like my favorite, the Wraith 270 see-through blind. I've used that for deer, turkeys, and bear hunting. You can see out, but the critters can't see in. Or check out the breeze for warm weather conditions. And if you need lots of room, the new High Roller XL for multiple hunters or even a quad. Primal is now in the trail camera business too, but not just any cameras. Primal cameras are controlled remotely by your cell phone. That makes the Primal Blind Spot 360 perfect for watching your back while in the blind or a runway just out of sight from your stand. To learn more, go to the website primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery. We will get to our guest here, Tyler Jordan, in just a second. But first, I've got to let you know about this. The folks from Primal just let me know about a really big fall blowout sale. This is a 50% discount on their blinds. The Den Blind, a regular 190 bucks, you can now get it for 100 bucks. The Thunderdome, regular 140-ish, you can now get it for 70. The Vision and the Wraith 270, the one that I love so much, 259 now for 130 bucks. But you've got to go to the website primaloutdoors.com, primaloutdoors.com, and when you check out, use this promo code AveryFall23. AveryFall23. Uh, now, this is a limited time offer, but if you use the promo code AveryFall23 at the website primaloutdoors.com, you can get that 50% off. Tyler, that's a pretty good price. That's a great price. You can't beat it right there. Can't beat those. Now, listen, I, I, I use ground blinds a lot for bear hunting, turkey hunting, and, uh, and deer hunting. I think of you as a tree stand hunter, though. That's your forte, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I I feel like, you know, we will use ground blinds a lot for, 
you know, for, uh, you know, different guests we have in and not say I'm, I'm not, I'm good enough or too good to sit in a ground blind, but, you know, some of our, you know, favorite stands, you know, some of the ladder stands we have right now are, you know, the Mac Daddy, we have several of those on the farm. We also have the Sky Pie, you know, lock on, um, and, you know, just, just really like whether it's a lock on or tree stand right now. And, it, you know, with the, you know, the Sky Spy, I mean, it's just really easy to kind of take down and move around. You know, and during the rut, like it's that's kind of what we like to do is do some hanging hunts, try some different areas, try to switch things up a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I like to be in a stand as much as possible. I hate to ask a guy of your stature this basic question, but beginning hunters can learn from you, Tyler. Tree stand placement. What are you looking for? I mean, you go into an area, you see deer sign, you know, there are deer there. Where do you hang a stand to take advantage of that and, and to get the most, to have the most effective hunt? You know, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and I, I, I guess down here, like I, I try to look for something that has a lot of cover. Um, you know, that's where like some of the Mac daddies or, you know, the, the single vantage extra wide stands like are, are very nice to hang. Um, you know, if there's not too many like limbs sticking out, but, you know, even using the sky, the sky spies, um, you know, just try to look for something that's, that's tucked away enough to where you feel like it's not going to stick out like a sore thumb because a lot of these places, you know, s- some of them are not where we, ha- we've, we've had stands, you know, all year long. So, you know, just trying to, you know, find as, as much overhanging coverage as you can, you know, not something that sticks out that's really bare. Um, you know, so having as much coverage around you, um, you know, can, can really pay off because, you know, if you're if you're sitting there in a new spot and those deer are not used to it, and uh, you know it, it, you don't have the coverage necessary, uh, it, it could really kind of cost you in the long run. What about height, different uh, distance off the ground? Is that a factor? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, anywhere from fifteen to to twenty feet, you know, is, is kind of what you know we try to get. I mean, sometimes a little bit more, but. Um, you know, it can definitely play, play a factor, but again, that just kind of goes like if there's, you know, too much coverage above you, that's, you know, too much to cut, cut because you want to keep that for coverage. Um, you know, I mean, we, we sometimes will go a little bit shorter on the height, but, um, you know, it, it definitely can be a factor, but you know, what I try to base everything off of is, you know, do we have enough cover coverage around us, especially when you're bow hunting? Um, because that's just a hundred percent necessary and with what you're doing. Tyler, I know you're in Georgia now. Uh, what about the rest of the season? Later in the season, where will you be going? Uh, so I have a Kansas tag. I may be trying to go to Kansas here in the next couple of weeks. You know, right now I spend a lot of time at home. Um, you know, we have we have a pretty big deer that we're trying to hunt here, and so uh, just really need a break. And hopefully the weather and maybe the rut will kind of flip things around a little bit. But Kansas maybe in the next couple of weeks. Nebraska could be a possibility if we can squeeze it in. And then late season, uh, we'll go down for a rifle hunt to Honey Break in Louisiana. Um, so it's it's a really good deer place. Obviously, they're known for great duck hunting as well, but a lot of big deer. So, uh, you know, between those three states and, you know, hunting here at home, that's that's probably going to be uh, where I spend most of my season. When you say you're, you're, you're looking at a, or, you know, you're chasing a pretty big deer, <laughs> what does that mean to Tyler Jordan? We have a deer here um, that's we, he's he's new. We've never seen him before, but 
he's actually got double drop times. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll – I don't really know what he'll score, um, but it's a deal. Like most of the deer, I feel like we, we know, um, you know, just from cameras and history hunting. But this deer we have no history with. We, we don't know. And I actually don't even know if he's bedding on our property. And I think that may be why we're seeing him so late. But he's a, he's a giant. He, to me, is really a once-in-a-lifetime type deer, even, you know, no matter where you are in the country. Um, so, you know, for me, if, if it means I have to sacrifice not going to Kansas, Nebraska, even Louisiana, um, you know, I'm willing to kind of spend my entire season on him and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, but hopefully we'll get lucky. He's only daylighted twice this season, and I was out of town for both of those days. And he has really not been that close, maybe within an hour of daylight since then, as the closest he's got. But, you know, we're really going to need some cooler weather and maybe the rut to kind of kick things off and get him moving earlier on on our side. Well, let's talk more about this concept, this process of targeting a a, a specific buck. What is involved in that? You mentioned part of it. You've got to be willing to you got to be willing to to give up some other things. But what what do you. What do you hone in on when you're looking at a specific buck? Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like I kind of know this deer a little bit now. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, he's been a lot in the hardwoods, you know, on acorns right now. Um, again, he has not really been, I don't think he's even been on our property, you know, but just a, a couple of times in daylight. But, you know, just trying to trying to really figure out, like, you know, where the most, because I think where we're getting him the most at nighttime right now, it's, it's been, uh, there's not a lot of cover around there. So, you know, I'm trying to find other places. I have cameras out. I've also done some hanging hunts, um, you know, for this buck to see if we can't kind of really find where his core area is. But, you know, just from what I can gather is that I think we're on the outskirts of his core area. Um, you know, and I've really left it alone here the last couple of weeks. So, you know, looking for sign, you know, I have several different cameras on scrapes and rubs. We've picked them up on a couple of those. But, you know, since we're since I my best guess is that we're on the outskirts, I'm trying not to go in there, but maybe every two or three days, you know, just to look for fresh sign, um, you know, and just try to stay out of there as much as possible until the time I feel is, is going to be right. Um, you know, so that that's kind of that's kind of been our strategy with him is, um, you know, we, we tried some stuff in October, you know, didn't really work, but I think we're really going to need that, that rut and, and cooler weather to, um, you know, to have our best chance. Well, and that's what I was going to follow up and say, you, you know, you said when the time is right, what would make the time right? A, a, a specific wind direction, barometric pressure, just to feel, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah. I mean, barometric pressure, I think would really help, um, you know, I, I think we're going to need a weather drop like this week. It'll be 84, 87 degrees highs, mm. and that's going to be all the way until Sunday. So, but then it really drops. Um, so, starting Monday, we're going to have highs like 65 degrees. And I think that, you know, I'm hoping that's not going to be too significant of a drop for these deer. I'm hoping that does help a little bit. Uh, you know, where, where this deer's at, we really either need a north wind or a west wind. Uh, to go in there and hunt him. A south is really not going to work for us. A east wind is, is really bad for that spot. So, um, you know, anything anything like that would really help. You know, and I've debated, too, like, I really would love to shoot this deer with a bow, but I had a deer last year that I was hunting 
and you know spent my pretty much all of November trying to hunt this deer and just I saw him six or seven times in person and um, and then he was hit by a car on the road somebody recognized our video and he I think he got killed the first week of December um, you know by a car so kind of a tragic end to, to that story and this deer honestly might kind of be doing the same thing the deer did last year and so you know I've debated you know going in there with a rifle um, <clears throat> you know just to try to try to get him down where, where something like that doesn't happen so just kind of where he is right now that's uh that's kind of what I'm leaning toward, but we'll just kind of see how things play out here in the next week. When does your rifle season start? How long does it last? It's already open, um, and it'll go until the end of the season, which will be, I think it's the second Saturday in January is oh, when it's over. okay. So, yep, so, yep, so yours, got some time. So yours, uh, you know, here in the North Country, most of the states, as you know, have a very long archery season and then a, mm-hmm. quite a short rifle season but it sounds like yours are combined and the rifle season is pretty long it is yep so you know bow season comes in that second weekend of september and then uh rifle came in the 21st and it'll go i think until like october 12th or i mean i'm sorry january 12th or 13th so pretty pretty long rifle season here Uh, and then is there a bow season after that or is that mid-january your hunting is done Nope, mid-January, when that date hits, the 12th or 13th, the hunting is, is done for the season. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Tyler, it is always a, a pleasure to check in with you. I mean, we've had this conversation before with, you know, I uh, looking at it from the outside, I think of you as hunting royalty, and I got to believe that maybe that gets a little bit old when people tell you that and they look at you in that way. I don't know, it, it, you get sick of it? I don't know about like that's that's a compliment that feels really I appreciate you saying that but it feels kind of weird for me. I think my dad may be more royalty uh than you know than myself. I I feel like maybe I have not earned that maybe just you know by being his son. I understand maybe why some people may feel that way. I you know I think I kind of view that of my dad some but is for myself no. I mean just you know very lucky and been super blessed to you know, have some of the experiences and, you know, be able to hunt a place like this in Georgia and, you know, go to the, some of the places I have. But, you know, for me, I just really like sharing, you know, some of the, the things that we're able to experience with other people, um, you know, whether that's bringing people in here, or, you know, people watching our stuff uh, online, which, you know, hopefully people get a kick out of that, um, you know, but just, uh, you know, very, very thankful and appreciative and, um you know, hopefully it's something we're able to continue to do for, for a long time. Well, Tyler, I, I appreciate you saying that. It, it shows that you are a very humble guy, and that's one of the reasons I enjoy talking with you. I wish you luck the rest of the season here, and uh, we'll let you get on with your day. Awesome, Mike. Thank you. Good luck to everybody listening. Rest of their deer season. Hope it goes great, and, and thank you for having me. All right. Always a pleasure, Tyler. And again, if you want to learn more about Realtree, of course, the website, Realtree.com, Realtree.com. And if you want to learn more about Tyler Jordan specifically, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter. I have to keep saying it's now called X. He is uh, Tyler Jordan there. And one more reminder, if you want to take advantage of this big 50% discount, on uh, Primal Blinds, go to the website PrimalOutdoors.com, PrimalOutdoors.com. Use the promo code AVERY23. That's AVERY23. Here are some examples. The Den, the regular price, $189.99. Now you can get it for $99. The Thunderdome, the regular price, $137.99. Now $69. 
The Vision and The Wraith, the two blinds that I really, really love. The regular price, $259.99, now $129.99. Some big savings if you go to the website, primaloutdoors.com, primaloutdoors.com, and use the promo code AVERYFALL23. My name is Mike Avery, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on the Primal Podcast. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.